0: well some people
1: are so ignorant that they don't know themselves and the the greatest ignorance we have is the 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 ignorance of self knowledge Mm -hmm. of self is our greatest reparation because it repairs us like i always say the honorable Elijah muhammad gave us reparations a long time ago because he taught us who we were he said you're not a nigga. you're not a slave you understand me don't you know where you come from don't you know who you are let me teach you who you are Mm And when you talk about reparations, it's not a real thing that the government can really do for us, because they can't repair us. We can only do self-repairment. And when we put that power in somebody else's hands, then we put ourselves back in the same subservient condition. All over again. i 19 Keys, and this is a high-level conversation. Tap in with the guy. Peace family is 19 Keys tapping in, and I'm here for another high-level conversation. Today, I brought you a billion-dollar conversation. Billions with a capital B. You understand me? This type of talk is only reserved for the general. And I got a special guest here because everybody can't have this type of conversation. I had to bring in a VC manager. I had to make sure he didn't ran multi-million-dollar companies and been in the middle of billion-dollar deals. You understand me? A man that is in the flow of the money. Every time I talk to the brother, my net worth go up. You understand me? I, I go check... I Google myself right afterwards and it's a couple of digits higher, you understand me? My aspirations all of a sudden, they different. I might was calling an Uber, now I want a yacht, (laughs) you understand me? This is the type of brother that Keenan Beasley is. Uh, Not only he's a phenomenal entrepreneur, he has a company called Sunday to Sunday, you understand me? And they just hit, I believe, all Sephora stores? All Sephora, altars. yep. Altars everywhere. He's the man you want to know when you want to know everybody. You understand me when you want to know everybody you just find one man and this is the brother opens up his rolodex and he tapped in he currently has a show on revolt where they helping entrepreneurs what is the show called bet on black bet on black man you really can't get a better
0: (laughs) you can't get a better
1: (laughs) you can't get a better namesake than that you know what i'm talking about so y'all know what we do here man we have high level conversations that really push the culture forward push the conversation forward you understand me in all areas and so today I really wanted to bring my brother in so that we can hone on a larger conversation because I'm seeing billion dollars being made. We are in the midst of the biggest wealth gap and the wealth transference in history of the world. So we have to have billion dollar conversations to qualify ourselves so we can have resources to liberate ourselves. No matter where you are on the planet Earth, you cannot do anything without resources, right? And so that billion dollar conversation is so that whatever mentality and spirituality we have, we can mass it with the resources to back ourselves up. So, my brother, I appreciate you being on today.
0: Man, I'm honored, bro. I'm honored. Yes, Welcome. Sir. Welcome, welcome to the house, <laughs> man. I, I, I'm I, excited. I'm excited for this one. Yes, We're sir. We're flipping it around this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So, and, I'm following.
1: So, listen, man. I want to dive right into it, man. Where's the money? <laughs> 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 the money is everywhere. The money is everywhere. The money is everywhere. we seeing. <laughs> I know that when it comes to, like, let's say about funds, right? I know when it comes to the billions of dollars that's in circulation, we only get like 1.25% of that as a quarter. Yeah. You understand me? How like talk to me about the numbers and how can we get into it?
0: You understand? Yeah, me? I, I think what's happening is, is the wealth is obviously centered at the top, right? Mm-hmm. We we're talking about the, the 0.001%, yeah. right? You know, so when you're talking billions, you're talking about a very, very elite group. And what they're doing is it's where are they managing and where are they moving their money? Yeah. You know, when you look at your, your super wealthy, they're really only taking about 17% and moving in these high-risk asset classes, Mm. right? And that's on a, that's an extreme. Now, what's what's considered a high-risk asset class? Yeah, so, you know, when you think a lot of folks, right, you know, if you put money in a safer space, right, in a S&P 500, right, or a bond market, or some folks can even say real estate, right, in certain things that have longer-term plays, right? They're looking for dividends, et cetera. People are in real estate trusts, right, different Mm -hmm. asset classes like that. And then you get into the alternative assets, right? You really talk private equity, hedge fund, mm-hmm. venture capital, crazy returns, but high risk. Mm. So now, you know, as somebody that's wealthy, how much are you gonna put into those high risk asset classes? I think a lot of us, we're trying to move faster. So those high risk asset classes become exciting. Yeah. So we're trying to play in venture capital, right? We're trying to play in in private equity, right? In these in these different groups, but we don't necessarily have the base of wealth. so. That risk starts to feel very uncomfortable uh-huh. for us. And we have to just be really smart and, and come together on those things.
1: So let me ask you, you were once vice president at L'Oreal. Yeah. Why did you leave such a cushy job to do what you're doing now? What was what enticed you? Yeah,
0: no, look, man, I I, I did the i did all the things right right you know when your parents tell you what to do like i did all those things right i was a straight-a student growing up right i played football i was a team captain right i gave back i was active in the church right i volunteered i went to west point right which is a military academy number one school in the world wow right did well there got out ended up going at blue chip companies right fortune 50 companies i was at tide i was part of launching tide pods i launched gillette mach 3 around the world Mm. You know, Lysol, Dettol globally, French's mustard, uh, mustard, Frank's red hot sauce, uh, and then was vice president at L'Oreal running Garnier. So it was a lot of things that I was doing. What I realized is that once you get into that, those organizations, the infrastructure is built. So what you don't understand is actually how good are you? Mm. Is the machine good or is the operator? Mm. And I felt that the machine was good. I wanted to see if I was good. Mm. so i needed to go out on my own so so my you know a lot of that is ego right to see what i was worth um and what i was capable of but ultimately you know when you become an entrepreneur you're saying your your purpose and your passion is greater than your comfort Mm. and when you're in those jobs it is comfortable yeah i don't like being comfortable when i'm comfortable i'm not learning
1: you said something man that it was took the glasses off now hold up the glasses had to come (laughs) off early this time man but no you said that um the, ma- you, the machine was good, yeah, right? And that's interesting because most people don't think about that. Like I worked that product and you know I made them millions of dollars by working for them. But I knew for a fact that number one, I could never make ever as much money as them. Yep. You understand me? And I wanted to do the same thing. I wanted to figure out if I can go on my own and do that for self. Like, am I really as good as I think I am? Yeah. Or am I attached to a machine that's good, right? And I think that's super key because I always encourage people to fire their bosses to yeah. see if they can become one. Those who have that. Number one, I want to say this. I believe everybody has the potential, of course.
0: 100%. They just
1: are you willing to exploit your own potential and make it manifest?
0: Yeah. You know, well, it's hard for, you know, a lot of people, they, they, they want to sit there and look. And I'm, I'm, I'm hard on employees because I was an employee. Right. But I think there gets to a point where an employee is like, well, they're not paying me what I'm worth. Right. How you know what you work? You mm. only work with somebody's willing to pay. Yeah. You ain't in control of nothing. Yeah. If I'm feeding you, you ain't in control. Right. You worth what I'm willing to give. Mm. And if you think you're worth more, then you gotta go do that. That's a fact. Right, you gotta go out on your own. You gotta take that risk. Because what happens at these larger companies, there was once a founder that mm-hmm. had to build something from nothing. And they built a machine that scaled, right? You know, we're gonna go into it because we gotta talk about the Waltons, right? When yeah. we talk about Sam Walton, under, <laughs> Yeah, under I just, value, by, right? I just we, about to get there. Yeah, we, we talking about a guy, you know what I mean? Like one of the greatest entrepreneurs that we've seen, right, wrong, and different. It doesn't matter how people feel about it. But that's something that started as an idea that now is the third largest employer in the world. Mm. You got the Republic of China, Department of Defense, and Walmart. Wow. 2.5 million employees. Wow. What are we talking about? So is, the, is he built a hell of a machine. Now, yes, he needs operators, but that thing is running. Yeah. That's why they can hire and fire. Yeah. So you don't know what your value is necessarily there. It's just what that machine can afford and is willing to afford. They could change that model like right. that. Frankly, what they're paying is being generous. Yeah. They being nice. <laughs> and now, we don't want to accept that sometimes cuz that hurts a little yeah. bit cuz we want to feel like we're we're value- and we are. But if you really really got that in you, you got to go test that. Go get uncomfortable and see what you could build.
1: Well, what about the people who are on the other side of the conversation, they say, well, they bringing in billions of dollars. Surely they can afford to up the, the, the wage that they pay another five to $10.
0: Yeah, it's not charity. Mm. <laughs> we, talking, we talking about capitalism. It's not, it's not for charity, mm. right? Like the wealthy didn't get wealthy by being generous. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, I had a guy tell me, uh, you know, it was one, one of the richer guys I've, I've ever interacted with. And I was asking him why we don't see you know the creators of culture right and black people obtaining this level of wealth. And he said flat out to my face, I've never met a black person as greedy as me. Mm. That's what he told me to my face. Mm. I have to I have to accept that because that's real. We we are we are a generous people, right? We are we are community-based people. We love one another and so we want to share. We want to do things. We want to win together. A lot of the folks that are at the top, what are you seeing? They up there by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and so, they don't
1: feel bad about it. So with the Walton family because I think they I, When I studied the Walton family, it was more so just looking at the statistics of who's the richest family in America, right? And that's the Walton family. And I was doing my wealth standard, and I was basically studying Mm -hmm. how each race and each group builds their wealth, right? And, of course, the family dynamics is always connected to it, right? That's one of the missing keys in our culture is family, right? And, you know, the Walton is the, the Walmart family for those who are not familiar with it. And so I remember walking through Walmart one day and I'm just looking at all of these products and some of these products have last names on them. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, like, each one of these products is feeding somebody' family that owns it. Yeah. Now, we're consumers of it, yeah. right? But we're not producers. Yeah. You understand me? And we're not prosumers. We don't produce what we consume. Correct. And so we got an issue on that side because you could be walking down those aisles or in our own stores and seeing each one of these products representing a family's last name industry. 100%. You understand me? And I think that that's probably one of the bigger things, whether it's the Colgate's, whether it's the Hennessy's, whether it's the J.P. Morgan's, right? Like, all of these things are immersed in our culture, yeah. but it represents our money going outside our culture. Yeah. You understand me? For the most essential and basic needs, yeah. things that we need to take care of ourselves is feeding somebody else's culture and yep. making them wealthier and wealthier. And it's like the blueprint that they've set up is the fact that they're showing you, like, family is the key here.
0: <laughs> well, uh, well, I think I mean whether family is the key. I think what, what you have in each one of those families, you have someone that was a disruptor, mm. right, and someone that was an earner, and 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 the rest of the family was willing to follow that. Mm. Talk right? about
1: being an earner for the family.
0: Yeah. So I, you know, I think there there's always a lead, right? I think we've we've gotten caught up where everybody wants to be LeBron, but mm. it's like you got to look at what he has. Like, there's one LeBron.
1: Yeah. LeBron managers who more people should try to be cuz there's yeah, only one. Yeah, well, LeBron. well,
0: it's it's find out who is the LeBron and then support that person. <laughs> so you do you think
1: the average family has let's say a LeBron but they're LeBron. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. There is one and we got to pour into that. And mm. that that defies generations. Yeah. Right? And and you have to strip your ego out because someone's going to get onto something and be the catalyst to move that family out of that socioeconomic class. Mm. And it just takes one. Yeah. And then we got to rally around and support it. So I think we've seen that, LeBron, and we're willing to support the athlete. right? It's not hard to find somebody to drive you to practice, mm. to cut up oranges and get you the little Capri Sun when you, when you play playing a game. Yeah. But when you want to start that company, you start looking around. Yeah, that's <laughs> Where hard where, work. Where, 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 where's the support? We'll yeah. pour thousands of dollars every year to get somebody in the AAU for a pipe dream. But we won't put that thousands of dollars in to them to learn coding, take coding classes. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have to flip the model of what success looks like in our, in our culture. And I think sometimes we think it's the fame right. instead of actually the success and the infrastructure.
1: Right. See, and, and that's key because I look at the mafia family, right? A lot of people like,
0: let's say, I always prefer to uh, uh, refer
1: to our culture, but really I'm talking about people in general. When you look at that, it's like those mafia movies, they had family code, right? Yeah. The mob was families coming together, right? And protecting each other and doing business with each other. And But instead of people taking that model of the family model, they took just the criminal element, right? And inspired towards that. Yeah. But the most important thing in those Scarface movies and those mafia movies and Godfather was the family. He had a yeah. son that, that studied law, right? A person that become a yeah. banker, a person that get in politics and they rally around the central ideas that have pushed that family forward. You yep. understand me? So that they can become controllers in their industry, not just for now, but for like 10 to 20 to 30
0: years ahead. Let's simplify it, right? There are people that make money, yeah. and then there are people that manage money. Mm.
1: <laughs> not everybody money can managers. make money,
0: <laughs> right? Like not everybody is, is, has that gift and that, that's okay, right? But you only need in the family, one person to really make money yeah you need a lot of folks to then manage the money
1: so that means that if you got a person in the family that's making money you really hit the lotto you Especially really somebody hit somebody that's lotto. making a lot of money
0: absolutely that's what i'm saying when you get that earner when you have that lebron that keys right hopefully that's seen as me right whatever that is in you the definitely family. the guy you right well then what y'all. we need to have then is who is helping to manage that money. right so when you look at some of these great families right the reason why these names keep Passing down, right? And, and you see the generations of the Rockefellers, right? Of the Kaufmans, of the Waltons, et cetera. That still came from one earner. Mm-hmm. The rest of that ecosystem was around protecting that money and growing it. Mm. Those are money managers. Yeah. They didn't have to bring in fresh. Di- it's hard to grow what we call AUM, right? If you're in the VC space, right? Mm. Assets under management. Yeah. That's tricky, especially when you start from zero. But once you have it, now there are lots of systems, right, and schemes within the financial market to now manage that money.
1: How do you get into uh, becoming a money manager?
0: Being a money manager, I mean, one, those are just classes that people can take, right, to be a wealth manager. They make 1% of the wealth that they manage, right, and grow. So that's folks going to school. Most of them get MBAs, and they go and do that, and they go and work at, pick a fund, right, a family office, uh, an investment firm, et cetera, right, Uh, a Goldman, right, in any of these types of companies, right, where they're doing that. And those are money managers. You they're have men- money under your management? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about right. it. Right. Uh, well, the money that I have <laughs> under management? Uh-oh, what are we saying? What are we getting into? How, how deep we going? <laughs> but, no, I mean, anytime you've made money, then yeah. now you need to manage that money, right? And you're, you're trying to, one, preserve it, right? So, you know, when you think about things, when you look at inflation, right, mm-hmm. or just your value of your dollar is less every year. No so that way. means you need to be doing something. You that's need to be fact. moving it more so that it grows. That's a fact. If not, you're going to lose about 25 yeah. percent of your wealth every generation. Yeah. Nobody rich wants to hear that. Yeah. Right. Because the idea is we all want to pass it down to our kids. Right. We want that to continue to grow. So now that's why you need an ecosystem to manage that money. Yeah. That's a lot of people. There's a lot of roles there to grow that. Yeah. But so somebody still got to make that dollar. So
1: let's let's say. All right. There's somebody in the family making money. Now, everybody else that's looking at that, how do they start setting up their roles to be in support, right? So somebody becomes a money manager, right? And then, like, I had an idea, right? Because I I know for a fact, because, you know, I study blockchain technology. Absolutely. and, And blockchain technology now, they create methods and ways where a person can manage the family's money and you can connect it to these secure wallets where everybody has a key, and the only way anything happens in and out that is everybody who has that key that's connected to this vault agrees to it. Yeah. So it's transparent, um, it's trustless, nobody can steal from each other, everything has to be permission-based. Yeah. So the idea was that if one person understands crypto, let's say, right, mm-hmm. then they say, well, listen, this is what I've done with my portfolio. I'm able to get 10%, 25%, 50% returns on a yearly basis. I'm ready to start managing the family's money, mm-hmm. right? The family can now pour in 20% of their earned income, right? Everybody puts their money into this one vault. Yeah. I will I will send y'all a report of what I'm going to manage. You understand me? What I'm going to invest in. You can agree to it or not. If there's no agreement, we don't manage it. We don't yeah. invest in it. And this is a way where it incentivizes, number one, families to come together, have those conversations, yeah. but somebody actually get in that role yeah. Because whoever managing the money also get a percentage from the family's money as well. 100%. You understand me? So they're incentivized to make the family money. Absolutely. And so instead of, and it forces the family to be responsible instead of all of this money going out, we're saying, no, nah, if, if you want to participate in the family's money, you have to. Put money into it you have to become a manager a supporter or earner in some capacity
0: yeah so l- l- let's, let's think about like how do we do that right there are known structures for that yeah right wealth isn't new <laughs> the institutional wealth has been around for, for a long time yeah so that's why now you are consciously taking a job to learn those skills so mm-hmm. you can either be self-taught which a lot of folks are how right? did you learn you do i work for folks right mm-hmm. so what was my career I learned, to, I learned how to make money by working for other people. Mm. So I didn't care about what my salary was. I was learning on the job and thank God I was even paid for it. Mm-hmm. When it got to the point that I was no longer learning, what did I go and do? Make money myself. Mm. That was the whole point. So yeah. that takes humility. So it's okay that you have a lot of extremely wealthy folks that even work for me. Yeah, They're learning to extract some knowledge from me. They're taking a salary. And then at a certain point, they're gonna quit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and they're gonna go do that. Yeah. for their family, which they should. But see that that key role, what you just explained, that's playing position, 100%. right? Like
1: sometimes a general gotta play the soldier's role. It 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 and you know I get I always get this breakdown now about the difference between a warrior and a soldier. Yeah, like that warrior, he go he gonna grow his hair out. He gonna be connected to his intuition, his instincts. He gonna move in his warrior's way about what he feel like he wanna do and what's his personal war and his yeah. agenda, right? He's more of a mercenary. Absolutely. But a soldier is the one who learns how to commit himself to take orders and to be disciplined Yeah, it ain't about what you feel about it It's like take the goddamn order so we can win this war 100%. The general is the one who putting together the plans he pushing the paper at the end of the day He's not on the okay. front lines not all the time. You understand me and not the way these armies are set up But he earned that right? Yeah, he earned that right and he's the the because the general is the one who creates the plan for the Soldiers to carry out
0: hundred percent and
1: there's sometimes a person that may be a soldier well, in the future be a general but you got to learn to play your role in, or, in order for you to meet your goal
0: well this is the problem right so you know i think and look i'm, I'm not going to say this on everything but there's some cultural phenomenons right and some terms that can start to bother me right because everybody wants to be a boss now yeah right when you look at the black population man we have an, a ridiculous amount of solopreneurs mm. and not bosses yeah what's the they definition they of they don't a employ boss? anybody who do you employ mm. What have you created? Are you creating wealth for others? As yeah. Well? Right? Like there's no infrastructure. What we got is a bunch of solopreneurs. That's cool. But that's not sustainable. What you are is you're a hustler. Mm. You're not a boss. You don't you don't own a business. That business, there's no infrastructure. There's no assets. What you got is just your effort. Mm-hmm. You hustling. And that's fine. But let's separate that, right? And move away from that. Because too many of us wanna call ourselves bosses and what it creates is this um this feeling of individualism, right? And we got a bunch of individuals, right? To be a general, at one point you were a soldier. That's a fact. Right, and so you learn to follow before you leave. Right. We got a lot of folks that want to just jump to Submission leave. Submission is power. Yeah, and you, and you haven't learned the principle. You haven't earned that right. That's our ego getting in the way. We're trying to skip steps, and when you skip steps, it's dangerous. Yeah. Right, you're gonna end up losing that wealth, right? Go through the process, right? So when I gave my career statement, what I did is I started as an assistant brand manager and worked my way up to a vice president and then became an entrepreneur. And now I'm a venture capitalist. As well. Those are things I went through all the steps. So I, I went through I all go, the steps of the industry. I
1: want to go to the, the, the step of the venture capitalism, because this is not yeah. something that's widely discussed enough in our culture. Right. Yeah. Uh, people having assets under their management. And how, let me ask you this. How much money What's the most amount of money you've made?
0: Well, I'm raising a $150 million fund right now. $150 million yeah. fund. You understand me? $150 million fund. I just like the way it sounds. <laughs> now,
1: <laughs> what's the process uh, uh, um, of that look like as far as raising $150 million?
0: I think, one, it starts with, you know, do you have an investment thesis? right? Mm-hmm. Do you have something that you think is going to generate returns? right? Mm. You've seen an angle and opportunity in the market. The next thing that typically you're happening is, have you tested that? Right? Mm. Have you done something to demonstrate that? Either with your own small checks where you've proven that out, maybe you've invested some of your family's money, or may you, maybe you actually operated and created it yourself. Yeah. But something, something that proves out that thesis is correct. And now you're trying to get buy-in from other folks to say, hey, I can generate these same returns for you with more, and H- here's how now. How hard
1: is it to get some of that VC money on you on the other end?
0: Oh, I, I think all aspects of raising money are, are difficult, um, but you no, just got to not the be. Raising money part for
1: a person that want to get some of the money raised.
0: Well, I'm saying all aspects of raising oh, okay. money are difficult. So yeah. whether you are trying to get money from a venture capitalist or you are trying to raise money in your fund to be a venture capitalist. Yeah. Both aspects of it. Now, I know difficult. we leave
1: a lot of money on the table just by not going after it, though.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes what we do is, you know, what we're raising money for as, as a lot of black folks. And, and look, I, I have a, a nonprofit called Venture Noir where, you know, we run cohorts. or we run entrepreneurs through a program and an education system to get them ready for venture capital or get them ready for scale. What you find a lot of times is we're hungry. Right. Yeah. So it's like Maslow. Right. You're trying to you trying to meet your your basic needs. Yeah. We're out here trying to just eat. So what happens is you're trying to get just enough money to be able to eat you don't have even the the freedom or the comfort to think about the long-term play mm-hmm. and so that hurts us so what we end up doing is we ask for small money mm. right so when you're a venture capitalist and let's say so i'm raising a 150 million dollar fund i got to deploy that money over the course of let's call it five years mm-hmm. so then i can now get into the point where i'm getting a return cycle for me to get my actual dollars out of mm-hmm. it right so okay, if I got to deploy 150 million dollars, and you ask me for 50 thousand dollars, I'm not gonna do it. But that's too much work. <laughs> yeah, I got to do a lot of work. I got to give out a lot of yeah. 50 thousand dollars. Yeah, to deploy 150 to get my return. That means I have to have a different infrastructure. I got a different cost structure in order to deploy that money because it costs money to give money. Legal fees, right? Due diligence, right? Analysts teams to manage it follow-up calls sitting on the board calling to help that company to grow that is a cost of giving money so we ask for too small a money mm. for folks that have big dollars to deploy
1: not to cut your wisdom but i know that that's true is we don't we don't make the conversations worth enough no you understand me like it to, to entice that particular world you got to start off in the hundreds of millions and the billions of dollars talk crazy. You understand me? Like, let them bring the number now. You understand me? But we play. We 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 sell ourselves short.
0: Say it again. Self sabotage. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's like, damn, oh, that's all you want. That's that, it. That's what they think in the back of their head. Like,
0: like man, I think you could get that though. Yeah, I think you get it. I can't give it to you. Yeah, but I think you could get that.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's like, have we? Do you think we've ever properly evaluated the court's worth?
0: No, ever. And, and, and to be real, that's because we haven't been in control of the investment dollars to even do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, again, you're worth but, but what somebody's willing to pay.
1: If we've never asked for it, we start the conversation off small. Absolutely. It's like if they got a treasury where it's like, all right, we got one hundred million dollars in here. But every time they come in here, they only ask for five hundred thousand. You understand me? So it's like if we're never forced to go with a larger number, we never will. And we're always going to negotiate them into a corner by comparing contracts with the last contract or the last person we gave.
0: Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Right. You know, venture capital is a space about crazy returns. Right. Mm -hmm. So people are, again, if I can make 12 percent just by investing in S&P every year. okay. Yeah, I'm doing well. Right. Yeah. Like, there's a timeline. So if you're if I'm going to invest in you, which is a high risk asset class, which we've already talked about, I need you to pr- paint a picture of something that outweighs all the other ways that I'm making money. But let me ask so you, you this need to then. come with crazy returns. So you know? but let's
1: say there's a lot of businesses, black businesses specifically, that's on the market that do very well. They making a, some making a million dollar plus per month. Absolutely. Right. Organically. Yeah. Right. Um, They're doing it just through their good business acumen. And they've. 100%. we talked about this before, brilliance versus excellence, right? Mm-hmm. That we have the brilliance to come up with these systems, super creative models. Mm-hmm. We got great market viability, organic reach and 100%. traffic. But we don't properly know how to evaluate ourselves. You understand me? Where we can get 100x on evaluation by understanding how the system works.
0: Well, that's painting a picture for what the growth is, what the upside is. Yeah. Right? So the role of a venture capitalist is ultimately to get into a deal at its lowest value when you can see a clear pathway to exponential growth. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a million dollars today, but in your plans, you're telling me that you could be a hundred million dollars in five years and 10 years. And I believe that I'm going to discount it. I'm going to say, maybe it's 50. Mm. Okay. Well, if I can get you in, you're doing a million and I'll say, you know what, I'll invest at you. And I'm going to give you a valuation of 5 million. Mm. five times what you're doing today right but that's because i see the 50 right so now i didn't come in i got my multiple there because i'm banking on you i'm willing to stay in that deal long enough to see you get to 50 mm. but you got to paint the picture for me of the 50 what we do is we come in and we say we're doing a million dollars uh you know in sales and we want to talk to you a lot about that we don't want to give you the vision for the 50. Mm. Give me the vision for the 50. Get me excited. Wet my appetite. Make me drool a little bit. Yeah. And then tell me, you know, actually, I think I got a billy right here. Yeah. I'm giving, I'm letting you come in. I'm giving you an opportunity to get a piece of this because I'm growing like a rocket ship. Yeah.
1: So when, so let me talk about evaluation then. How do, like, well, what would be a great piece of information for uh, small businesses? They do got a great track record. They're very profitable. They got good growth. They got scalability, and but most don't know how to evaluate their company.
0: Well, again, right? Like valuations are made up, so I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know.
1: But we want to, we should, we don't want to get rid of that yet. We want to make valuations too.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying valuations <laughs> are made up. So what, what, we're buying is the story, right? Yeah. It's, it's a factor of what your growth is. But so. what,
1: what's where's the provability in an evaluation? Yeah, but the, so five?
0: let's let's go through some of the fundamentals, right? Okay. So, so one of the key things that you want to be able to do is. What market are you in? Is that uh-huh. market growing? Yeah. How much of that market do you have? Okay. Your right? market These, now you start to get in unit economics. Right. So if I'm in hair care uh-huh. and hair care is a 800 billion. Oh, will let's make up numbers, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a hundred million dollar industry and it's growing at 7%. Awesome. Okay. So it's hundred million a day. It's going to be 107 and it's going to keep growing. Awesome. Today, what I am, I got 1 million of that market. Here's how much it cost me to capture that. Mm-hmm. But now I'm showing you, based off of my research, and what we have is now I have room to grow and capture a larger size of that prize. Mm-hmm. That's what you got to prove to me with either your data or within your performance metric. And now you're going to say, hey, I've sized the prize. We're a million today, but we can be, if we do this, this, and this, we can be 20 million of that hundred. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Now I'm going to. Do my diligence, I'm gonna pressure test you on that. But at a certain point, I'm gonna be like, all right, I'll buy that story. Yeah. Then I'm gonna ask you, okay, how much do you need to make that real? That's where we get gun shy. Right? Because a lot of times as people of color, right, as black folks, we don't like borrowing money. Yeah. We don't like owing people money. Right? It comes because we think we gotta pay it back so quick. This is a long-term investment. This this isn't, you know, raising from your cousin, getting $20 and like, man, I'll pay you back tomorrow. That's too short-sighted. This is saying, no, nah, okay, I need $5 million to realize that 20. So what happens for us is we'll have a great business, we'll identify a size of prize, but then we won't realistically talk about what it costs to get there. Mm. Venture capital is trying to pay for you to get there faster. Mm-hmm. So when you're, when you're a, a small business owner, you're raising venture capital, you're not giving away ownership of what you currently have. What you're doing is you're buying speed for where you're going. Mm. We too much think about the fact that we're giving away something. And then that creates this angst. Well, now it's like what I'm value because you're talking about present day. That is emotional. No, you talking about buying speed to your future self, Mm. to that future company. That's
1: that's 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 it right there.
0: That's super key. Always
1: talk about different between being efficient and effective. Yeah. Right. Efficient is doing what you good at right at your pace. But effective is going a longer distance in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. You understand me? So the money, the resources that come behind you allow you to be more effective. Yes, now man. we had a conversation about, you know, uh, we got helicopters over here. Oh, they yeah. they listening too. That's it. I don't know. I don't know. They spying on <laughs> that, us. That, that's that's and personal helicopter. We got a helicopter. That ain't, that back ain't here. me. Look, <laughs> we gonna tell them to subscribe to your channel before
0: they come up. They can't listen to this yet.
1: <laughs> but listen, so we got we got this 2053. Um, cloud over our heads, right? Where they say we're gonna have 0% assets in America, right? And basically, black America ain't gonna have no assets under management. Yeah, no wealth. So, my whole thing is, well, all we gotta do is actually have assets to change that reality. Now, in order for us to get there to catch up with anybody else is what we really need to look at. Because even if we have some assets, but everybody else 100 years ahead of us, that's still at the bottom of the barrel. So we have to be more effective than everybody else, and especially with our business acumen. It's like I talked to you before about the fact that, you know, when it comes to the venture capitalists and when it comes to that world and and people who are in the conversations of hundreds of millions and billions of dollars, oftentimes our culture is thinking too small to have their time. You understand me? And I was like, well, if we don't get individuals like yourself to have knowledge to parlay onto the culture, then it's never in our algorithm, and we never have it. Yeah. So it's like we have to bring more people that have access and knowledge to give us that to make us more effective. Because it's like I look at blockchain as an ability to where we can have a super growth cycle, yeah. right, in our culture. To where it's like, you know, we talked about this a little before the cameras came on, is that we got $1.6 trillion spending power. Yeah. Right. Now, we got this financial... Literacy movement, right? Yeah. Individuals like myself and UIL, yeah. Marshall Trapp yeah. and Ian and a multitude of other individuals. And we fighting, but we gonna barely make a dent in that unless our media is supersized. Yeah. It becomes the most important thing to our culture. Yeah. We overtake rap industry and entertainment overnight and everybody listen, does their homework and execute. <laughs> yeah. It's like everybody yeah. just become good students and good kids all of a sudden. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But we know damn well that ain't about to happen. <laughs> I don't know. You guys are doing well, a great job. Overnight, we need a we need a wealth drug that people take. <laughs> you understand me? Where yeah. they pop one and all of a sudden they start yeah. paying attention and executing and gaining assets. So beyond that, we got to have a super cycle. You understand me? It's like fundamentally if we look at it, if our $1.6 trillion is going out of our community, yeah. our net worth is continuing to go down. We have more debt. We have less assets. Yeah. You understand me? And so we're not becoming more valuable. Yeah then every other community, we talked about this, should be giving us thank you letters. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, I, I think like, there's a number <laughs> of ways to, to approach it, right? History <laughs> Month
1: should be like, celebrated by everybody at this point.
0: It really should, right? We've made a lot of people rich. <laughs> I, I, I think, look, you know, and, and I always say, you know, black culture is America's greatest export. So, I oh, mean, uh, that, that, that just that, that it, is yeah. what it is. But, but here's the thing, right? Like, we, you know, we, we put some of these things out, right, that I feel are distractions. When we talk about closing the wealth gap, I don't know any super rich black guy or woman, right? Just black person that has made money and hasn't made money for a bunch of white people. Hmm. So the idea of closing this gap doesn't make sense. Now, if you're a disruptor and you're doing things right on blockchain, DeFi, right? in, In these aspects, you now are creating, you know, different infrastructures that don't require white people on those, so now you can achieve wealth without making money for a white counterpart. I get that, right, right? and that can happen. And, and that's
1: because they're always gonna make
0: more than what we ever make. Always, because they own the infrastructure. Right. So what I'm focused on right now is, let's close the quality of life gap first. Let's get us into high-earning jobs and living comfortably. Right. We haven't felt that. It doesn't matter what happens, and this is why the work that you guys are doing is, is so brilliant because When you're teaching financial literacy, you're teaching us to first live within our means Mm -hmm. and get comfortable within that. So now we can start to run the plays that are available in a capitalistic society like America. Because all these plays are available for everybody. Everybody. But what happens is if you don't have the disposable cash, right? if you are living above your means, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. You spending all your money on name brand clothes, on blah, 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 so you're underwater out the gate, it doesn't matter. So when mm-hmm. I look at what's going on right now, man, and, and I spend a lot of time mm-hmm. in the middle of the country, we're in places where, you know, Kansas City, the the household income of a black family is sub thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Man, a manufacturing job paying eighteen dollars an hour now can move them up to Fort. That's a significant improvement on their life. We're not talking about that. That's why we have to get into job creation. We're trying to jump to some things, and we haven't satisfied the basic needs of our class, when 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 black folks were actually really thriving we've been thriving and feeling great in our communities when we had jobs and we were job creators and we were circulating that wealth in our community
1: but that's the key of being job creators because got to be even if we get the jobs it's still our fate is still in somebody else's hands
0: in someone's hands that's the
1: whole thing about voting and jobs we still are left
0: without power because we're voting for somebody else to manage us but now when we're talking about some of our our innovators and our earners are we doing things in spaces that are creating jobs are we being bosses
1: they have to so
0: let's say we get to the point where
1: the point of it is okay yes get the jobs increase the quality of living yeah they have to have a mindset that's still for the people. Absolutely. Otherwise, they'll get the job, turn they back on them. And oh, then yeah. it's the thing about everybody in the family got to be doing good in order for your network to be what you think it is.
0: Oh, bro, I'm not talking about anything. None of this is mutually exclusive. This is right. all and models. Yeah. Right. So so you teaching financial literacy is 100 percent needed. Mm-hmm. Me creating jobs. Is also hey 100% hey, 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 now. I'm creating jobs too. Now. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. No, you, you, just you're saying, doing it all. So I right? want to
1: be in that category. Yeah,
0: but you know what I mean? And and, and you are, right? So yeah. I, you know, I but I'm saying all of us are doing things, and it's the collective power yeah. of all of these things. So it's not one or the other. It's but all you said of this. something
1: before that I thought was raw. You said how many jobs you wanted to create? For me?
0: Yeah. In general? Yeah. I'm trying to create thousands.
1: 000. Yeah, like that. That right there, <laughs> I think should be the goal of the bosses in our culture: is that how many jobs can we create?
0: Every city that I go into, that 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 my ecosystem touched down in, we're looking to create and put a plan in place for 250 jobs. Mm. Every city, yeah, that we touch. Now that's see. Now that's that's something I
1: want to be the new goal for the cultures. The
0: minimum threshold is for
1: where me. you know we brag about a lot of things in culture. You understand me, but we ain't bragging about payroll
0: man you know i i I read a stat this this is crazy and i hate this stat but i'm gonna say it anyway and i gotta validate it, so i know i know your people are super smart so they're gonna fact check me but i'm gonna throw it out anyway <laughs> right i read something that if you took all the white companies right if you look at their revenue and their payroll they can afford to pay every white person in the country eighty thousand dollars a year. Mm. and i said whoa right because you're talking about household income right you know across the country about fifty five thousand dollars so i said man all right that's what they're doing so clearly they're hiring some other minorities right because it's like 426 million white folks yo we talking about a lot of folks so they can afford to pay every white person right from their income eighty thousand if you take all the black owned companies they can afford to pay every black person in the country five thousand That's our problem. we not create jobs. Yeah. We're not even thinking about creating jobs. We're thinking for self in some of these things, right? And we're hustling yeah. to satisfy our family, but we're not building infrastructure.
1: But see, that's why I say family, because the family got it. The people around you have to have money as well. Because when I look at
0: Absolutely, net worth, you
1: right, you got your earned income, you got your debt, you got your assets. You yeah. add that up and that's what to give you a net worth. But people forget about the fact that the average college a black person that goes to college, you understand me? Most of their wealth is going towards debt, right? Paying off those college loans. Yeah. Like billions of billions of dollars in our community still goes towards college loans and debt. And so when I look at the reality of that, it's the fact that if the family around you ain't up as well, a lot of your net worth also goes towards taking care of those people because you're the only earner in that family. Yeah, so your it, net worth—you got to minus that based on how many siblings and family members and people you've taken care of at the same time.
0: Absolutely, and debt doesn't always have to be a bad thing, right? In debt, it's just—are you do you have enough diversification that is outweighing the the debt?
1: No, you debt know? can be a great thing because America's run off it's debt. It's built
0: off of it, right? So I I, I like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I I say I said this before is that, you know, you know who uh, America owes more than any other people on the planet earth like oh un- yeah who is America's biggest debtor uh I would assume China China Japan yeah. and then there's one other group of people they owe more than anybody and that's black Americans
0: you <laughs> yeah, understand me indeed
1: and I was always taught that, <laughs> I, like <you> that. Know- <laughs> I like that Uh-oh. I like that Uh oh I like that yeah you understand me and so you, they definitely got to run a check still but <laughs> and, and to that point it's like you know, debt was one of the first ways that slavery was brought into. Like yeah. you owe somebody, you gotta work for that person. Yeah, you understand me. And so we really the biggest slave masters. You understand me of America, but we ain't never collected our debt. You understand me, and we never forced that hand as well. Yeah. So it's like before y'all go and try to, you, they can't pay China, they can't pay Japan what they owe. You understand me, and they can't pay us. And these are the most hostile. You see, they hostile with China. Yeah. <laughs> they hostile is. with us. You understand me? They hostile with anybody they owe money to. It's the same thing. If somebody owe you money, you understand me? Then you got an issue with them. Y'all got to go to war before you collect that money.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, and, and, and the goal and the strategy is to keep growing. Yeah. Right? And so if you keep growing, you're okay. Right? And you figuring our growth rate is going to outpace what our interest rate is. Right. And if you have that, you're okay, right? Yeah. That's that's the balance and the flip, I think. You know, when when we look at black culture, right, and black folks, for me, I'm like, look, man, we have all the culture and the driver, right? We have the, the populace, right? Uh-huh. And, and the drive of things, what we don't have is control of the asset. That's a super fact. Right? And so if we can start to figure out what assets we want to own and then put our cultural power on that... We've now created wealth.
1: Right. What do you think are some of the top assets that every family should invest into?
0: Well, you know, look, I, I'll save that that conversation for you guys as the investors, yeah. right? So I won't get into that. I, so I will talk about some things that what we drive.
1: You know, I, I like what Ray Dalio gives a breakdown. He said, you know, gold is still the greatest asset because everything else is compared to gold, right? Yeah. When you're talking about what's its value, right? Crypto has not met the gold standard yet. Um, and so, gold is something that I believe that every family should own, right? That's a hedge still. Yeah. Crypto, stocks, every black family should have a life insurance policy. You understand me? With infinite banking system. Um,
0: I'm not a registered money manager like that. No, nah, this right? is not. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't get into those. Financial
1: things. advice. These are just asset classes that you can invest in to where if we get to that year 2053, it's impossible for us to not have wealth. If we have
0: assets. 100%. What, what we also are, though, is, is, is some of the world's greatest creators. Yeah. This is a creator economy right now. It's, it's, it's never been easier to create assets. That's a super... Suck. So I think what we're you also Give me a breakdown is, on that. Yeah, so let's talk about what assets we can create, right? IP, when we're talking about people creating oh, NFTs, yeah. right these are assets when we IPO can,
1: intellectual property opportunity yeah that's what so when we can create
0: are. products when we can create we're creating things right we are designing clothes we are we are creating things that can be consumed right these are assets this is intellectual property that's what wealth is created off of mm. so i can invest in somebody else's asset right and and then try to get a vig off of that right you know cool okay and, and I think people should do that. That's a diverse portfolio. But again, I'm talking about being Sam Walton. Mm-hmm. I got to be it. So my energy is on creating of the asset and then building the infrastructure so that that asset can continuously grow. But that,
1: And that goes towards my list, though, because one of the things I always say, everybody should create an essential product.
0: It is absolutely on your list. I have seen that. You know I believe in that. And, and, I mean, because that's so key. Because, I mean, think about Just, so key. <laughs> just think about the, the things that
1: we use on a daily basis. You can go to your bathroom and look at all, for business ideas, right? You can go in your closet and look for business ideas. Things that you have to buy on a regular, those are all business ideas. Like, I need tank tops, I need t shirts, I need boxes, right? I need a
0: toothbrush, I need toothpaste. Let's even approach it very simply. Let's talk about what we influence. Mm. Let's start there. What does is, what is black culture influence? Food, fashion. <laughs> everything. Everything, right? <laughs> what so, don't we influence? So that's, so, so that's what we all have to look at. So yeah. if we are able to influence, then we should own it. Yeah.
1: And see, with that
0: model, what I would
1: add to it is you would take something like a DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Yep. So let's say that the courtship decides to move together as a family. And now you've got these business models to where you can make this happen. Yep. Let's say toothpaste, right? Everybody's using Tom's or Colgates, right? These are families. Yeah. Right? So instead, let's say, you know, we got paste I, I couldn't think of that real quick. <laughs> Pace, you understand me? We're using paste And so everybody say, you know what? I like that. That's good. It's fluoride free. I'm rocking with that for those who care about that kind of stuff. You understand me? Then everybody say, you know what? I'm gonna buy that for my household. Yeah. And so there's a token. The same way there would be a stock connected to it yeah. and they say we're going to do that. Now they get whoever, how many tokens you get, you get governance rights in there. So you yeah. get voting rights within it. And then when we want a new flavor or we want to expand, everybody gets to vote on what happened next inside that. And then the owners of that, they get a kickback based on how the percentages of these smart contracts are created. Absolutely. So if the court is generating billions of dollars from things that we consume and then we're taking some of that revenue and we dropping it back into the hands of those who invested in it, that's a circular model to increase our, you understand me, uh, uh, economic authority and, and control of our own wealth and prosperity.
0: Yeah, I, th- I, I mean, I think stuff like that is, is, is 100% brilliant. And, and it can also be simpler than that. It can just be have culture pace and create an infrastructure where now you have the proper supply chain, the proper ingredients, to create that, to manufacture that, to distribute that with the right trucking system, the right website, right, the right folks, you have the right relationships with distribution channels and stores, and you're just selling that. And we are buying and supporting that because we buy and support a whole bunch of other things that we don't own.
1: And shout out to We Buy Black because I know that they got some toothpaste They are over doing there. a great
0: job. Doing and I'm great creating job. my
1: own toothpaste. I can't tell y'all what it's called yet. <laughs> but i do got a much better name that's why i had, I had to swap it out in that moment <laughs> it's gonna be amazing and i'm gonna get kenan to help
0: me out with you this. dope you, you dope you know I mean? my brother got it's great a product kenan, i know you got kenan credit.
1: it's a billion dollar
0: idea hey guess what almost but. everybody brushes their teeth.
1: <laughs> hey almost <laughs>
0: that's why I look I, I i love it right we talk yeah. about a lot of these things yeah you know i'm a consumer products guy because yeah you know what everybody takes a shower yeah Everybody goes to the bathroom. I take a shower and the shit. Everybody brushes their teeth That's for the fact. most part. Almost. Yeah. We all wash our clothes. Yeah. These are things. This is what I learned through consumer products, man. We yeah. touch everybody. So our influence is going to have the greatest impact there because now we have the reach. I love what's happening in crypto, right? Mm-hmm. I love what's happening in that, right? I love what's happening in cloud computing. But again, those things still aren't at 100%. Nah. We still in the early stages <laughs> But
1: that's the beauty of it, because we can't afford them to be at 100%, because everybody else has more money than us to invest in them.
0: No, but I, I, I like that, and that's why it's exciting, because you can get in early. Yeah. I'm saying there are things that we have distribution of and control right. of now, where we can do things to satisfy now. Absolutely. There are places I agree with to do that. right now. We
1: not Yeah, because I believe that the best entrepreneurs for whatever new technology comes are going to be the ones that are already using the existing opportunities and infrastructures and systems
0: yeah we we've now we we're and and look we're, we're fixated on some of these new and and interesting but still slightly unproven models which which i think is fine i think there's a percentage of our time that should go to that but there is still a lot of unrealized potential in right now and today walmart's doing 400 plus billion dollars amazon doing hundreds of billions of dollars Procter & Gamble, $100 billion. Johnson & Johnson, $100 plus billion. Unilever, right? All these companies are selling basic goods that are in all of our homes and things that we can influence. Sometimes we don't like the ugly money. We want to get the sexy money, the new new shiny Mm -hmm. object. Man, I'm cool selling toothpaste. Yeah. I'm cool selling toilet toilet paper. I'm cool selling underwear selling razors, yeah. shoe shrinks. We using that stuff that stuff every day because now I don't have to spend money to convince you that you need that. Mm-hmm. You've already bought into that. Now I just got to put value in front of you. Yeah. So now I'm trying to figure out my distribution, right? I'm trying to figure out how to be different. That's cool. That's a tweak. I can tweak and get my, and, and get my family through. So I don't want us, you know, while we're focusing on some of these shiny objects, let's not forget that they're still some low-hanging fruit and things right in front of us.
1: But that's why we need people like you too. 100%. And that's why we're having this conversation because both of them have to be magnified. Yes. You understand me? Because we need both. <laughs> what I think is that you're going to get a younger generation that are going to grow up on the new models mm-hmm. and then you got the current generation that's still not using the existing models. Yes. You understand me? And I think those who use the existing models usher in the opportunities for those who are going to use the new ones. Because it's like Right now there's a mom and pop shop that has a restaurant that probably doesn't still use social media and their sales are declining on a daily basis cuz they yeah. don't want to use new models. Yeah. You understand me and yeah. so but they had to have an existing model of infrastructure yeah. first to improve upon. Yeah. Right? And that's why there's opportunities in places like Africa because the the beauty about Africa is that they're more primed for these new technologies and industries than anywhere else because they don't have any existing infrastructure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's like, instead of bringing over the models that's going out, you just build the new models. Yeah. They don't have to tear anything down and they're primed to get started ASAP and be the most innovative. But but,
0: but see, even what you're saying there, because I agree with, with you 100%, that's also why I'm addicted to startups. Mm. Right, so all those big companies that I just named, what were they? They were mm. built before e-commerce existed. Mm. So what they're having to do now is adjust even for e-commerce. Right. When I was at P&G and I'm leading Tide, man, I remember getting presentations from Facebook as a disruptor. Mm. It was shocking to spend a percentage of our budget on Facebook. Bro, this is 2009, 2010. It's not that long ago. And now all of a sudden you'd be crazy to have a plan and not put money in Google or Facebook. Yeah. Well, Google now. Right. So those companies... (laughs) Right, Those big companies, Procter & Gamble, Unilever, right, Johnson & Johnson, their business model isn't fit for what is happening right now. So the cost of them to adjust is very expensive. Mm -hmm. For you to build an e-commerce first business just makes sense for you. To build a mobile first company just makes sense to you. That's how you would build it. So your infrastructure is now going to look different. Well, what happens from those big guys that are well capitalized? They got to buy your infrastructure because it's cheaper for them to buy than build. Right. That's so, an opportunity for us right now. So there's billions of dollars in value in just doing that.
1: And, and that's super key because and, and that's why it's about. As long as we take every one of these models. Right. And then you have the mindset to do what with the money. Correct. So that that becomes the question, because I think that we we brilliant enough to figure out this excellence. Yeah. to where we can be consistent over time with creating systems and consistently building up our dollars because i'm looking at what this generation is doing and we're only growing and evolving now yeah. and we go figure this thing out and right now the way we figure that out is by giving each other access to each other's knowledge and saying yeah. that look this is you're doing good over there but this is the piece you missing to 10x to 100x that yeah. because i'm gonna be honest with you i want i want billion dollar conversations and i know a lot of people they get on me aggressive about this saying well It seems that we just go to a place where we just capitalist. And here's the thing. I understand that you don't have to be wealthy to be for the liberation of our people, right? And the people that are not wealthy and rich in our society or in our culture, sometimes they're doing a lot more than those who have the resources. Mm -hmm. So there's also that thing of detachment of when you get it, you no longer feel connected because now you are part of the system Rather than one of those guys who feel like they need to destroy it in order to build their own, like you, the, the, the lower class is always more revolutionary because they have more to gain if the world crumbles, if the current existing symbols, yeah, but the revolution crumble. has
0: to be financed.
1: It has to be financed, and so that's why we, we all got roles. We focus on being rich and righteous. Yeah. That you know, money and morals. When they go hand in hand, then that's when you can do liberation. But. Yeah. When the money is without the morals is' only for the man
0: yeah and you know and that that's that's going to be up to the individual right and, and you have to make that that call for for yourself right and and what that arrogance is and what and, and what your why is right i I can't control that I know what my why is right so i'm not I'm not worried about my you know what capitalism does to my spirit it doesn't it doesn't control me in that way. Right, so capitalism I'm, just funds your spirit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just. It's, it's a tool, right, for me. It's not changing who I am, right, fundamentally. I'm gonna love my family regardless. But you if know, I, I always <laughs> say you can
1: tell how dangerous the man is when he get the money to fund his mind. You understand me? <laughs> Woo, say so if, that. If, if he does something with the money, either because two things happen oftentimes, the ideas that they did have, and they're like, when I get this money, I'm gonna do this, that, and the third. That spirit a lot of times die out by the time you get the money because you had to go through so many steps that that spirit didn't even make it through that process of you gaining the money, and so sometimes you have to do a reset and be like, "What was the thoughts I had before I got here you yeah, understand and I, me? I,
0: I think there's a few things too that happen right with with folks and money and and this is me in an observation seat, right when you make quick money, you can lose it quick, and you're you're now beholden to that. And so you're it's uh, you're vulnerable and you're scared. And now you start to do things that can be immoral because you're fearful. When you when you take your time and you don't skip steps, you now got a process because now you've learned and you can always make it. You you have less fear. So that's why I like I like patient money. Right. Because I want to I'm, I'm chasing the knowledge mm-hmm. because then you can't take that from me right i could have a billion lose it and make it again if that's the case right right and so i like where where we are going within this and, and and that's why i'm a little bit resistant of the new money kind of models right in in that spirit because we're losing and missing some of the fundamentals right we talk about all this financial literacy and all these things and i love having billion dollar talks because that's how you and i are but guess what you also made ten thousand dollars then a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars and a million dollars, and 10 million Mm dollars, you can have billion dollar conversations. We try to have billion dollar conversations and we don't know how to make 100 grand. Yeah, now,
1: but that's (laughs) That's why this (laughs) this conversation is not reserved for, it's for everybody because it's aspirational, right? So it's like, with some people, I want to have the $100,000 conversation, but then I also want to inspire those who are getting into a position to continue to think about expansion, right? And, and that's what is it's more so about. It's like, I'm going to have conversations where I break down the math where it's like, okay, do you want to make another $500 per month, $1,000 yeah, per month? Yeah. Do you want to create a small business? Because all of it is is really simple math. And most people don't do enough the simple math to add up. I need to sell this. I need to sell that. Because my idea of wealth, and I heard Ray Dalio talking about this. He said, look at it time-based. It might have been Ray. I'm going to give myself this credit. You understand me? Because I don't know if it was him or not, so I'm going to just take
0: it. Just been been you. It might have just been you. It's just you. You understand me? <laughs>
1: but he said, look at a time base. If you take and evaluate, do an evaluation on yourself by how much time you can afford. So look at all of your bills, whatever they come out to on a monthly basis. If everything stopped right now, how much more time could you afford? Six months, a year, five years, ten years. That's how wealthy you are, really. You understand me that's your true net worth and evaluation
0: yeah and yeah. for a
1: lot of people unfortunately they got one more day they got one more week so yeah. that mental myopia kicks in where they can't see beyond their problems yeah I can't think beyond my problems yeah. when I had a case that I was fighting I couldn't think mm-hmm. of my future till I was certain that I'd be free absolutely you understand me I couldn't plan beyond my problems yeah and so absolutely the conversation has to scale up yeah. to where it's like can we think about on a uh, smaller scale, how do we just start building up a, a, a farmer markets to try to, you know, uh, um, help the conditions and the realities with food deserts so let's, in our so neighborhood? Let's, let's,
0: let's talk about that because you're dropping real game right there. Right. So how do we get to that in a practical sense? Mm. We need to push our living and our expenses down low mm-hmm. enough to create a little bit of that freedom. Right. So that's fine. If what you're making is 20, 30, 40, 50,000, whatever that number is. 100 the goal is to live off of significantly less right to now start to give yourself that freedom and Time to now think for bigger things that, because that scale goals, inevitably takes time absolutely wealth is about scale yes. which means you need time. You can't do it if you're impatient That's a super fact patience is an asset in this whole game my uncle and got me cost. to start
1: thinking long term And that changed everything for me. Yeah. He said, y'all talking to all these women, they could, number one, first lesson was in women. He said, listen, man, (laughs) them same women could have helped y'all write paperwork and contracts for the city, and I could have showed y'all how to get money. Y'all just want to knock them down and have sex with them. Y'all could be getting checks with them. You understand me i say okay uncle. <laughs> game. Game. okay game that's that real oakland talk yeah, right was, there You talking about pushing pete <laughs> <You understand me? laughs> hey man shout out rest in peace to my uncle and they dog man
0: <laughs> rest in peace but
1: see he used to take me to uh city hall meetings and government meetings because he was getting government contracts and i remember he said listen y'all think too short term. so you want some money for next week and next month he poured out a check check like for a couple hundred thousand he say, look this is from work that I did years ago. You understand me? But the contract just came in. Hmm. He said, look, I can show y'all how to you gonna take one of the women, goddamn, they'll be put the paperwork in, become the assistant, instead of something you just knocking down for a round. You understand me? Instead, you having them working with you. Right? And then it, it, and it still didn't click to me at that moment, but yeah. it did later on when I started reflecting, because I tried to force myself to start thinking. Beyond my circumstances. Yeah. Right? And many of our people are punished by their circumstances and they can't get into their imagination. They can't get into their vision. Yeah. Your life only goes as far as your vision. Your move only goes towards your vision. Yeah. So if you lack vision, you're walking blindly. Yeah. And so my thing is when you talk about scaling up, you first you gotta identify what you wanna do. Like yeah. it gets real simple. You understand me like who you are what do you want to do with like what's your vision yeah. some people got a ten thousand dollar vision they got a hundred thousand dollar vision but they not the person that can bring that out yet because their yeah. habits don't match that vision yet yeah so when i was sitting you understand me on a uh uh my mattress in the back of this house we didn't even have a front house we had the back of the house yeah paying like eight hundred dollars a month i realized another thing is that when you want to scale your lifestyle you, sometimes you got to put yourself in a position where you are forced to do it, yeah. right? Like, I had to increase my bills, you understand me, that it forced me to start making that kind of money so I can start having a, 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 to maintain in that lifestyle. Yeah. Like, I have a driver when I go out sometimes, and at first, I mean, the first time I see somebody do that, I was thinking, like, damn, how much that costs? And then I was thinking in my head, how many times could I actually afford to do that? But I had to stop myself because I was limiting myself. And instead, it said that, If you start to create a lifestyle for yourself, your habits, your move, your rituals, it will force you to stay ambitious to maintain that lifestyle. But the problem is is that oftentimes we get money and we become content. And we don't have to do anything beyond our comfort zone to maintain the life that we live in. So, But if you add in, oh, I gotta take yacht trips on a monthly basis, I gotta have me a driver, I gotta have these habits, then it forces you to make more money beyond your means. So it starts with having an abundance mindset. If I got a hundred dollars, I'm not giving out a hundred. I can only afford to give out a dollar at that point. You understand me? Uh-huh. If I got 10,000, I can give out a hundred dollars. Uh-huh. Right. But we think that all of our equity, all of our capital that we have, we can spend and use. Yeah. So go five to 10 percent and that's your budget.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I, I love what I love what you're saying and, and I agree with so much of it and I think you know, what we're really talking about, right, when we break it all down is find where your happiness is. It is it is much easier to create wealth when you're happy. Mm. It is very hard to create wealth when you are unhappy and chasing something. Yeah. Right. So I think the goal is right, is to create the sense of freedom. And that's why we're, we're seeing some other cultures, right, and, and communities build wealth at extremely fast rates. Because they're sitting in happiness. Yeah. Right? They don't, they don't, all their basic needs, they're met. Right? When you, when you see these super rich folks and they're still driving whatever cars, because they don't care. Yeah. That's not linked to their happiness. We put a lot of things and we put our happiness on stuff that now creates more pressure. Mm. And we're, we're accustomed to having the pressure. And instead, sometimes, and I think this was one of the the blessings of of the pandemic. And, you know, and it it is hard to to say that because I know there was loss of life, right, and and lifestyles and loss of business. But it gave us the first time that we've had to pause and really realize, are we happy with what we have? Mm -hmm. When you can't go to the clubs, when you can't go to that restaurant, when you can't go to that concert. And what you have is to sit there and play cards with your family mm. are you happy yeah and what it taught a lot of us was man thank God we're blessed we got our families we're here we're alive we're healthy it created a sense of gratitude That's what and I, was I think saying. what you're starting to see now is exponential wealth being created because folks are no longer being distracted by some of the bullshit that's out there we're realizing that we're good and now I can take a longer term play. I don't care about having a driver. Mm-hmm. I'm cool if I gotta walk to the store. Because at the end of the day, that doesn't even matter. What my happiness is, is man, I get to go down and I'm gonna make dinner with my lady tonight. And I'm gonna play with my daughter. That won't cost me no money. <laughs> and that's a road too. That's a road, right? Because, so, you know,
1: gratefulness is the road to happiness.
0: Absolutely. That gratitude is something that, you know, it's something that I think we've lost in our culture was what we had we had intrinsic joy even when we had nothing intrinsic joy we had joy right we were singing we were dancing our culture is literally joy that was rooted in what should have been pain that's why people were envious of what we had Uh because those with nothing are happy with anything and those with everything are happy with nothing i i encourage everybody to go to a party if they can in a favela in brazil when I went go to and Africa, sit in, in South Africa,
1: in the Orange Town, in South Africa, Amen. They don't get Joe Bert, man, Joe Burns, outside. They was, they was the happiest I ever experienced. Unbelievable, with nothing, a joy, because they can you can't miss nothing. You you got everything when you're not comparing your life to everybody.
0: So now, introduce information with joy, they will go off and create. Mm. We've lost a bit of a sense of our joy mm. because we've now created these things, and because we've been over marketed to. We've now been distracted and we're chasing nonsense. Those things don't bring me joy. These cars don't bring me joy. It doesn't matter. Popping bottles doesn't make me happy. Anybody who's ever gone to the club and popped bottles, it feels good. I ain't gonna lie, it feels good for that moment. Guess what you're gonna wake up with? A bill. A bed. hangover. <laughs> it don't matter. It didn't There's money no happiness the next day after popping bottles. Yeah you buy a car and you pull it off the lot it feels great i get that that's temporary joy a month later it's just your car and now it's a car note that you got to figure out now i got to work to pay this note see this is why this that is watch big that jewelry all those things those things are distractions what we have to eliminate are the distractions and focus on our gratitude and our joy and that's something that is innate in black culture man that happiness and that love and that god is in our spirit right and when you hone in on that, it now frees your mind up to now create wealth because you have the patience to be able to do it. Now, you listen. need patience to create wealth. I bet you put the frame right here. <laughs> I told
1: y'all this was a billion dollar conversation. Money is just energy. You understand mm-hmm. me? And when you happy, that's a billion dollars. Like the, 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 the one thing that the they, hate to see us is happy because when we happy we manifest when we happy we we charge we electrical we're the greatest beings on the planet when we happy and unfortunately mental health is on a consistent decrease and decline because we don't know how to just take a walk down the street we don't know how to just go to the park and relax we don't know how to just sit silent with ourselves and me I practice being grateful for everything I got a podcast titled, Gratefulness is a Tactic to Win the War of Life. Mm. That you can go look at Al Jazeera and find reasons that you would never want to replace somebody else with your life. You understand me? And they wish that they were sitting in your seat with your complaints because your complaints are somebody else's blessings. Ooh. We live a, I'm, I went to the restaurant the other day and I seen these two young ladies eating together and they had some uh, fettuccine on salmon. You know it's good. What? <laughs> what? Shout out to Stevie's, the Black-owned restaurant out here in LA. I'm on this thing where I'm, I'm going to every Black-owned restaurant in hey, LA. I'm trying to
0: look. Please blog that so <laughs> I can follow your journey. I'm following right behind you there.
1: So I'm watching these two girls. They eat and they get up and they leave. They had a basket full of popcorn shrimp. Both of them had two big bowls of fettuccine. By the time they leave, they left. It don't look like they touched it. I'm almost full to the top. And I'm talking about didn't look like they touched the shrimp. Nothing. And it just had me thinking about the gluttony and greed in America, mm-hmm. right? Like we want inherently more portion size than any other part on the planet Earth. You understand me? And we think we need more than we do. You understand me? Because we've been programmed to want more than we need.
0: Well, dissatisfaction drives consumerism. That's a fact. So we have to we market dissatisfaction. Yeah. To make you drive consumers. That's a marketing tactic that's been around for whatever, right? Yeah. Our basic needs, we don't, we don't need a lot.
1: When we look at the $1.6 that's the thing. Happiness will keep that money in our community faster than any other tactic on the planet. 100%. Because we have stopped spending it outside for things we don't need. Especially when we realize we have everything
0: already. Well, well, this, this, then is we can also, focus. this is also part of the problem, right? So a lot of what we're spending and why it leaves our community is what we're actually doing is we're not buying the goods. We're buying the feeling and the access to something that we feel we should have. Yeah. Right? We're, we're, not, we're not buying Nike because we love the shoe. We're buying because what that represents. So if that shoe was black owned, and was from Keys and Keenan that lives next door. Yeah. Well, that doesn't give us access to a new world. <laughs> Mm-mm. Right. That's we'll not the start marketing to support each road. other a lot more when we realize that we are happy and we have it within. And now we're buying things that actually are meeting needs. Yeah. This is part of it. That's why gratitude, you know, what we're talking about. Look, we've we, we gone deep. We went from from billions of dollars to talking about now let's get to the root of but where I think these it's the are. same thing it is the same thing. because now we've brought it and made when it When we pragmatic. look at
1: billion the word billion got ions in it yeah it's billions billion ions of energy that we got to get circulating like we are the energy if you take black America black culture and you put it into anything it will power it up yeah. no matter what sector what industry no matter black people get a hold of it it's going wild yeah so but what happens if we take control of our own energy and happiness is our ability to do that. So once we have that mindfulness and we, we, we practice things like transcendental meditation and simple things by, you know, just sitting down and thinking about what you're grateful for. Like a person won't take 10 seconds out of their day to think about that, that you've been blessed with skills, you've been blessed with, with life and health, you understand me, and just be grateful, that changes the game because they no longer have us running around for things Feeding everybody else culture so that we can feel accepted.
0: Man, what 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 is over marketed to right? the things that are outside of our community that that involve black culture. We don't we don't see shows of the Cosby's anymore. Mm-mm. We don't see shows that promote our happiness. We see a lot of media that promotes the toxicity that exists with us. That's a right? fact. The dysfunction. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that, and people are dancing off of our pain. Mm-hmm. We talk about the cultural appropriation, right? In these things, right? A lot of these songs and rap music were rooted in trauma. Somebody else who's not going through any trauma is dancing and skipping and rapping that's to your stuff. That's horrible. When you really, really look at it, mm-hmm. we got to start to flip some of these things, man. We got to start to celebrate yeah. what we have because we have a lot, right? So that's why I'm 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 cautious to not talk about these things right around wealth gap and zero wealth and all, all these things, what I tend to focus on is the fact of black culture is America's greatest export. Black culture is the world's greatest export. It's the world's greatest export, because right? Because we are the incubator for the world. Yeah. What we now need to do is incubate our culture.
1: Mm. That, is I,
0: what, that is the premise of all that I do.
1: I like what we got to about this. It's basically a mental health conversation now we're talking about the culture, which is I think is tied into it because... 100%. The the, the the issue is that there's two foes on it. I like to keep the pressure on a bit for us because sometimes yeah. we get lazy. Yeah. And and the issue is the fact that we complain about things we could be working for. Right? Yeah. And so I don't wanna hear us complain about anything that we actually have the ability to obtain or change.
0: Right? And the big thing that we're 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 touching on, right, and I'm I'm gonna say it in in, in look in my way, right? In my my cheesy, nerdy way, right? In in all this. Here's what i found that starts to happen if we've we've made wealth building and all these things sound complex and it starts to feel intimidating and we automatically weed ourselves out of it. Right. Because we Mm -hmm. don't feel we can obtain it. The reality is, is the wealth, like you said, and all these things is already in us. Mm -hmm. We possess the energy. That's a fact. So when you flip that and you feel it, it starts to feel much more obtainable, it's less intimidating my goal right now what I want to do in all of my platform right and when I talk about normalized black excellence in these things is I don't want the wealth and all those things to feel intimidating right I need us to normalize it it's not about the exception because yeah. if I continue to praise LeBron James and I love LeBron James but very few of us are going to be six eight freakish athletes right with that kind of gift he is a walking exception You and I are everyday kings walking on this earth that we can all be. I want to normalize what we are. Yes, I think you're exceptional. Yes, I think I'm exceptional. But yes, I think all of us are exceptional. And we need to start to feel that and normalize that instead of making it where black achievement is an anomaly. Black wealth creation should be an expectation. I expect us to be great that's why it's hard for folks sometimes to work with me because when you come and work in my organization I expect that you're gonna be great and I expect that at a certain point you're gonna leave and go and build something amazing because I believe it's in you and so I'm only gonna talk to you in that way I'm never gonna talk down to us and all those things well you know and that's just simple education it's education but it's literally simple belief Right? I don't have to educate you. In, well, some in, in people that.
1: are so ignorant that they don't know themselves. And the, the greatest ignorance we have is the, the, the ignorance of self. Knowledge mm-hmm. of self is our greatest reparation because Absolutely. it repairs us. Like I always say the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave us reparations a long time ago because he taught us who we were. Yeah, he man. said, you're not a nigga. You're not a slave. You understand me? Don't you know where you come from? Don't you know who you are? Let me teach you who you are. And when you talk about reparations... <sighs> It's not a real thing that the government can really do for us because they can't repair us we can only do self-repairment and when we put that power in somebody else's hands then we put ourselves back in the same subservient condition all over again
0: that's why you've always loved that's why i love sitting i i man i i talk to you and i have so much respect man and admiration for you because this is what we always end up getting to mm-hmm. right because this is what you do right you're bringing it down and you're bringing the conversations right and you're pushing it to the masses we need more of that so we can feel that yeah i need more of us being encouraged i need more of us having love for one of us. i need more of us being confident yeah and collectively now that starts to create change faster than anything yeah else.
1: self-love man
0: because what we've done man there's a there is a machine right a marketing machine that is about control and it has shifted those narratives a lot of that stuff is toxic we got to be careful yeah. what we consume online we got to be careful what we put in our bodies from a food stamp we got to be careful who we give our energy to and who we sleep with we got to be careful who we party with and interact with because we got to protect ourselves man our power all right our wealth is our energy right so what do you got to do we just talked about there's people that can earn money and then there's people that got to manage it right well if we're the wealth we better do a better job of managing our wealth we, we better are terrible start protecting at
1: ourselves at managing ourselves period that's because we're the well. This is what got me <laughs> on the greatest trajectory of my life was that word manage. Ooh. You understand me? And what I realized is that every area that I'm not able to manage myself in my life, I'm a boy. Yet, right. And so I broke it down. and said, you got to be at that man age. That's mm. when in management and business terms, is the ability to administer activities to get to set obligation and goals. Yes. So if I can't manage my hygiene. Right. Then I'm a boy in that area, but I can manage money. I'm a man in that area. Yeah. Right. And so I realized that I can't just because I'm a man in some areas don't mean I'm a man in all areas. Mm. So managing yourself, I think, is one of the biggest wires that I know, because I think it qualifies you to set you up for success in life. Yeah. And so I have to think, where am I not a good manager and where you not a good steward of yourself? That's when you bring others to help you in where you fall in.
0: Yeah, and, and that's okay, right? There's, there's the humility in that. But, man, I love that. I love what you just said there. Right? And, and, and there's aspects because on this journey of life, right, like, we're all continuously growing. There's always going to be areas where we're in depth, right? The moment we stop growing and evolving, we die.
1: Yeah, right? It's Absolutely. the end of the cycle. Absolutely. So,
0: so I, I, am, I am on a journey of manhood right? Mm-hmm. To use your phrase, for the rest of my life. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing and it creates a sense of humility. Yeah, And so what that means is sometimes, you know, I have a saying where I'm happy, I'm never satisfied, mm. right? So I'm always trying to be centered on my happiness, but I'm trying to push myself and stretch myself to grow and to learn because that's the, I'm not satisfied, I'm not there yet. And I like that where I'm not a man in all aspects of my life right and sometimes what that takes is that's the accountability part that's right what we do in our man. in our crew right you know when we see folks that are still being boys with some of our sexual acts mm-hmm. right and things that we're doing or within our financial you know immaturity or within our our corporate responsibilities mm-hmm. within our money man it's okay for us to talk about those things and Check it's okay for other. us to be Humble in those moments and be open to that feedback. Because you're better at things than I am. I'm better at things than you are. But together now, we're amazing. That's the protocol. I have literally, I've had a similar prayer, man, since I was a kid. And and it was, it it literally has gone like this since as long as I can remember. So maybe five, six. And it was, if I could take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of me, right? Because I always pray that when God creates a path for me and a plan, I pray that I can recognize it and go on. Mm. Right. Because that's an opportunity there. And then the other thing for me was always around. I want to learn from the experiences of others Mm. because I can't experience everything. It's impossible. This world is too vast. But if I could learn from you. Right. And you had because experience takes time. I don't have infinite time. Right but if you can share your learning with me yeah. man i pray I that's take access that. right that's the access right that's the information that's how we go faster mm-hmm. those are two things that, man and i did that i didn't even know what i was praying for as a kid i don't yeah, think. yeah. and it's been my same prayer i'm 38 years old
1: just, the <laughs> things the, the 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 psychological rhythms you go through as a child develop who you become as an adult subconsciously <laughs> oh, and you don't oh even realize god. it oh my you god you know I wanted to get to this last point man and um, it's it's the the idea of because I think we talked about some beautiful things right and I think that those are really the the, the health the mindset part I think is the most important and there's this book um, it's about called African psychology Hmm. and it was basically creating a separation between psychology norms Right. That black people think that or, or all people at this point think that psychology norms go for everybody. Right. That the the uh, uh, what's his name? Sigmund Fried. Yeah. You understand me? That the his psychology also was a measurement for us, but he didn't study us in that capacity. Sure. You understand me? And so we get misdiagnosed with multiple things. Yeah. And so when they went over there to study psychology in Africa, they seen that we was practicing spirituality but they didn't believe in the unseen. They only believed in things that they could measure. So they only took the psychology part, Mm. right? And so they only studied the mind aspect, the mentalism of it. And so we oftentimes don't add that spiritual aspect in there because that's connected to what our happiness is. The black dream, what is the dream aspect? What would actually make you happy? And so I think about that because a lot of times we have a Eurocentric and we have an Afrocentric mindset. The Eurocentric mindset is what makes us go for the capitalism, to become the earnest, to have the ambition, to want the house, the materialism. The Afrocentric is the spiritualism, right, where we steeped in the present. It's the mentalism. It's it's where we find joy, where we are in joy. You understand me? that's how we enjoy life. And those things are things that we can just use our bodily spirit to appreciate. Right, like that. spirit is like, you see, we had this fire right here and I look at spirit like each one of us have a fire inside of us. But in order for that fire to keep going, it has to have air. Right. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, you choke a man. He no longer have access to air. He no longer has spirit. He dies out. And so sometimes our spirit becomes lit and invigorated. And when I see basketball players, they utilizing they God-given spirit, they have to breathe. Rappers have to have a cadence of breathing. That's us utilizing spiritual talents. Mm -hmm. And that's why it gives us so much fulfillment because spirituality is steeped in the present and it's about expression. Mm -hmm. And so the balance that we have specifically for black Americans is that we have to learn how to balance out these two mindsets that we inherit by being in America. You understand me? And so. We may be measuring ourselves by a psychosexual measurement that Sigmund Freed threw out there, but that has nothing to do with us, to be honest. Yeah. Because we don't have those same issues with our mama. Yeah. First of all. Uh, <laughs> 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 out there. <laughs> but just
0: saying. In So, so we
1: have to, uh, as as we get into these positions, we have to be careful when we allow our Eurocentric mindset to completely take us over. Yeah. You understand me? And we're no longer steeped in a culture of values and norms of what we truly cherish in our culture. Yeah.
0: And I think sometimes, you know, because first off, that was beautiful. And, and, and I agree with so much of it. And I think, you know, again, man, I'm a simple man. You know, I, I, I like to bring things down in, in ways that I can understand. And our journeys are individual, you know. My pathway, right, my journey to self-mastery is my journey, right? Your journey is yours, right? And I think, again, if we get down and we narrow ourselves down to what is our sense of happiness and stop chasing other people's definition, define what happiness is for you. And that's why, again, I, I for me personally, right, and I, I, I'm one person that, you know, I try not to give advice, I can tell stories, and I can say what the pandemic, did for me right in that moment of of isolation it blocked out a lot of distractions man I didn't realize how many distractions existed for me until I had that moment of stillness and I think that's what the power of wealth because you're able to buy that time to create that stillness and when you're constantly overextended right you're in that rat race you don't have that moment of stillness to actually be happy and enjoy Mm -hmm. and I think for all of us man we have to figure out what that means for us and create that moment of stillness and find our joy yeah and then build whatever and I think for us right and you and I talk about that that is heavily rooted in our spirituality but that's grounded in us because it's innate in who we are and then we're going to build wealth from that foundation but we're really really clear you and i sitting in this chair across from each other at this fireplace where our center and where our happiness is mm-hmm. and that's what's unlocking and opening our brains up for so much more yeah and we haven't even seen a glimmer of our potential yeah and that's what's exciting And that's why i that's love having these conversations and that's what wealth building is that's what these billion dollar conversations are about yeah so i encourage everybody Let's center ourselves, find our joy, our happiness, and build from there.
1: And see, the reason I wanted to have this billion-dollar conversation because I wanted to get to this last act. And I know, you know, I haven't created a billion dollars, but I put out a billion ions of energy, and that's simply by being a service. Yeah. There's never, there, there's no, you know, billionaires that we know traditionally in culture that people look up to, whether it's Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Kanye West that didn't serve multitudes of people. And at the core of business is service. And we have to learn how to be servants to each other. You understand? Because the more people you can serve, right, the more energy that you produce. You understand me? The more energy that you satisfy, right? And in that satisfaction is the value that we create within the culture. And so one of the things that I I dislike about our culture is our over-individualism. Is because we don't think in a collective sense. Because when we had rites and rituals, we found happiness in our participation in culture, right? We found happiness in the fact that, yo, I, get to, I can't wait till I do this uh, uh, rites of passage to become a man or to become a woman or to add to the tribe or the collective. You understand me? And it's reconnecting to that sense of how do I serve the culture, right? Because nobody said the billion dollar conversation was about an individual. You understand me? It's about the culture taking their collective energy and circulating that. Oh, because in the, the great Reverend Wright once said, that he say, listen, man, you know, spending money is when you have money that goes out. It's not coming back. But circulation is when you have money go out, then it comes back to the point of origin. Oh, and so at the key of all of this, we have to make sure that our services and circulation of our culture and we have to steep ourselves in the present. But we also have to plan for the future at all times. Because those who plan for the future control the future. And the rest of everybody else is just trying to figure out what they got planned for us. Man, I'm 19 Keys. I'm here with the great Keenan Beasley. And this has been a billion dollar high level conversation. Make sure y'all tap in. and a high level conversation. Tap in
0: with the guy. That that went deeper than we thought. Mm. I don't know. Hey. If we thought we were gonna go that deep. Hey.